Hello, everyone. Eugene Weaver here with another episode of Cinema's Soft Underbelly, your one-stop shop for all things related to horror, grindhouse, sci-fi, fantasy, hard-to-find movies, gems in the rough, movies that should be avoided at all costs, movies that should be avoided at all costs but still should be viewed at least once, if that makes sense. Today, I am going to revisit Troma Studios. Yay! I've been wanting to do my Class of Newcomb High episode, but with the holidays and some holiday episodes and some other uh, other movies that I want to touch on, I especially after my uh, Toxic Avenger series. I want to take just a little bit of a break from trauma because a little trauma goes a long way. And uh, so today I'm going to hit on the class of Newcomb High movies. And this is just going to be a one-off episode. I'm not going to continue it. I don't want to continue it. Although there will be future trauma episodes because there's a lot of other trauma movies that I would like to talk about that fit perfectly into soft underbelly territory. So, uh... Class of Newcomb High was uh, made in 1986, and to me, Newcomb High and Toxic Avenger, the original Toxic Avenger, go hand in hand. It's almost like Stuart Gordon's Reanimator and uh, From Beyond. They're not sequels per se, but they everything about them feels the same. The spirit of the movies is almost identical, and that the same applies for Class of Newcomb High. Uh, it's obviously set in Tromaville. That's kind of Troma's own. Uh, little town in in the movies that they produce. It's most of the their movies are set in Tromaville, and I get a kick out of that. I think it's it's funny. Uh, I I saw this movie way back when I was probably not even old enough to drive. Uh, I was at a friend's house, and we had to get it because of the completely insane, awesome cover. And I was at a little mom and pop video shop, and. Uh, like, ooh, this sounds cool. Class of Newcomb High and, you know, in big letters, unrated or director's cut or something of, to that effect. And so we rented it and loved it. It was so crazy. Uh, I'm going to re- I actually have uh, an in- import UK Arrow Blu-ray release of this. And it also was released here in the States as well, although the version to get is definitely the Arrow release. And the Arrow release is region free. So if you are importing, uh, uh, fear not, this one here you can actually watch on a uh, on an American Blu-ray player. So, um, okay, the uh, back of the of the movie here, and it, again with Arrow, it's it's like the movie is a Criterion Collection type movie. I mean, the booklet is is Im- immense, and uh, the special features are plentiful, and it's just. It's very impressive that that Arrow takes the time to do this sort of thing for a movie like this, uh, and I, I applaud them for it. I think that's great. Um, the uh, back of the movie here says, uh, "Let's see here. It rotted their bodies. It corrupted their minds, and now, and that's the good news." Waka waka. Uh, Tromaville High School. The kids are revolting. Literally, the uh, ir- Irradiated marijuana they've been buying from the Cretans, a tough gang of ex-star pupils turned atomic punks, is t- 
turning them into freaks. Girls are giving birth to demon babies. The nerds are developing super strength. And there's a monster in the school basement that eats honor roll students for breakfast. Welcome to State Education Trauma Style, a place where the science lab is uh, kitted out with lasers and nudity is often compulsory. The class of Newcomb High will have their work cut out, surviving until the final bell, let alone graduation. So join the class of Newcomb High in this low-rent trauma classic, a straight-to-video masterclass in schlock and awe from the people who brought you Surf Nazis Must Die. Uh, which I'm not even going to touch on that movie. I watched that movie one time way back when I was young enough to think, oh, this is this is cool regardless of if it was cool or not, and I did not like it so uh, at all. So I've never revisited that movie since the days of VHS. Uh, but anyway, Class of Newcomb High. I've had so much fun with this movie through the years. I've watched it so, so, so many times. Wore out the V. I, I bought this on VHS, and I watched this movie so much. Uh, it's everything about Toxic Avenger that I like is in this movie. There's the typical fake low rent gore, uh, the very irreverent comedy in it that is so over the top that it shouldn't be funny, but it somehow kinda is. Uh, the acting is over the top. The sets are cheap. It's a trauma movie, and they do things their own way, and I I really like that. I get a kick out of it. I, every time I watch, especially their older stuff, it's just something about it. The way it was filmed, the look of it. I'm like, this is a trauma movie. Yep, that's, this is one of theirs. Uh, so uh, just looking over some notes here, I'm on IMDb, and Lloyd Kaufman is the... Is, co-directed this movie. I would tell you some of the names in the movie, but it's pointless too. There's, there, yeah, it's, we don't need to get into that. Supposedly, I'm seeing here the budget was estimated at $2 million, and I cannot imagine that it was. Uh, it, that seems like an awful lot, although there is a lot of special effects in the movie, and there's some explosions in it, and uh, so, uh Anyway, yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that the budget was is showing to be that much. Um, okay, so just some notes here on the movie itself. Um, the monster... So there's actually, uh, like the back of the movie said, there's this toxic marijuana that they smoke, and then crazy things happen. Woman gives birth to a little parasite thing in the school, which turns out to be this big, really cheap-looking monster but it's covered in KY jelly, slime, whatever, and, uh, and they've got to figure out a way to kill the thing. Uh, in the meantime, trying to stay away from the Cretans, which is that the gang of used-to-be honor students, honor roll students that are now this horrible punk rock type biker gang in the school. And there's a big scene in the end where it's the Cretans versus our heroes, in the high school, as well as this big slimy monster that's out to kill everybody, and it's it's great. It's the reason the, the reason enough to watch the movie is for is for that. So it works great. Um, a couple notes here: the monster is never seen in a full shot, as the entire costume was never finished. Uh, they only had bits and pieces that were used as a puppet: hands, face, legs. Which that doesn't surprise me. Um, Oh, let's see. Of course, um, 
this is kind of funny. Uh, when Dewey lands on the pavement in the opening scene, and you'll if when you watch the movie or if you've seen the movie, you'll know there's a, a kid that that uh, starts foaming green stuff all out of his mouth and ears and whatever because of the toxic chemicals. Uh, there's the first man that walks up to him is a shocked bearded man, and that's the Troma co-founder and producer Michael Hertz, and is his only on-screen performance ever. He's kind of the uh, the quiet behind the scenes. Uh, runner of Troma, whereas Lloyd Kaufman is that's kind of their I don't want to say mascot because he's he he's an also co he's the other co owner and he is the the face of Troma uh, between Lloyd and Toxic Avenger that's the face of Troma is is that so I think that's kind of neat uh, the the other guy that that runs the company he's he's in this movie um, the original title for the movie was simply Newcomb High uh, it was changed in the hopes of people mistaking it for another movie from 1982 called Class of 1984, which was a good movie, but I can't imagine it was a huge hit, but that was Tromach trying to capitalize on another movie. So Class of Newcomb High. I actually think that the Class of Newcomb High title is way better. I think that's great. I love Class of Newcomb High title. Um, um, let's see here. Uh, a couple other notes, but uh, not really... Not really a whole lot else to mention as far as as trivia type things, other than it's a funny movie. Uh, there's loads of cheap cheap effects, uh, low rent production values, nudity. You know, it's a trauma movie, so I don't really have to uh, tell you anything more on that. I did see that uh, the theme. The theme music continues over a black screen for about a minute after the actual end credits have finished. Why? Uh, it's I don't get it. Now the the song itself is great. The Newcomb High song. I love the song, and it's so catchy for some reason, and it it sticks in your mind. I think so. Uh, anyway, there's a TV version of it, which it was 76 minutes long versus the 85 minute runtime of the director's cut or whatever you want to call it. So obviously, if you ever watch the TV version, shame on you because they took all the good stuff out of the movie. I am sure of that. But anyway, so that's Class of Newcomb High, and I'm going to touch on uh, the sequel. Uh, let's see here. Class of Newcomb High Part 2, Subhumanoid Meltdown from 1991. And I don't have the actual movie in front of me. I'm just going off of IMDb on this one. Um, not directed by Lloyd Kaufman this time, although Lloyd did uh, help write this the movie. Uh, but the directors were Eric uh, Lausel and Donald G. Jackson, which I don't know who those people are. Uh, the class of Newcomb High is back, and... This time, they're in college. Tromaville's nuclear factory has been rebuilt and now includes the Tromaville Institute of Technology. Located inside the nuclear plant, Tromaville Tech is where Professor Holt has perfected subhumanoids, living beings without emotions who have been genetically programmed to perform menial tasks. When school reporter Roger Smith meets a beautiful subhumanoid named Victoria, they fall in love. It's too bad the creatures have a tendency to go into spontaneous meltdown. 
Roger is now determined to save Victoria from this messy fate. But first, he'll have to face against the giant mutant squirrel, Tromi, who attacks Tromaville Tech in the explosive climax. There you go. There's the synopsis. And let me tell you what. For a movie that gets almost no no airtime, I mean, this is is one of the, the, I hate to even say B-movies of trauma, but a side thing, Uh, it's extremely enjoyable. Uh, I would say it's close to being as good as uh, Nukem High Part 1, which is surprising. I, I, uh, I watched this years and years ago on VHS and remember thinking, that wasn't bad, I guess. Uh, because I was such a big fan of the original. And then I rewatched it within the last uh, maybe five years or so on DVD. And I'm like, wow, that's actually quite good uh, as far as staying tr- somewhat kind of true to the original class of Nukem High. Um, it's funny. The stop motion is hilarious. The, the big squirrel thing is great. Um, I don't know what the budget was for the movie, uh, but it wasn't bad. Uh, it's I'm guessing probably not as much as the original Nukem High, but it wasn't bad. I I believe that Lloyd uh, prefers his return to Nukem High much more than the sequels to the original class of Nukem High. Uh, I understand why, but I'll tell you this is. Uh, if you liked the first Nukem High, if you're like, oh, okay, the, I, the first Nukem High was great, then you're probably going to like the part two subhumanoid meltdown. Uh, it's everything is everything works that it works in the first one. The main guy in the movie, his name is Roger Smith. His, his name in the movie, that's the actor's, uh, the actor's name is uh, Brick Bronski and he plays Roger Smith, but what kind of name is Brick Bronski? Uh, I think that's uh, quite funny. And of course, I'm looking through his list on IMDb, and he was in Sergeant Kabuki Man, NYPD, another great trauma movie. Um, and that's about it. Oh, he was in Return to Nukem High, so which that came out 2013. So he has been in some other stuff, but there's not much else. He's pretty much a trauma guy. So... Anyway, I'm not going to waste any more time talking about actors or anything like that in the movie. It's just, it's part two of Class of Nukem High. So, okay, uh, now on to Class of Nukem High, part three. And this movie was from 1994, and it was, the subtitle for this movie is The Good, The Bad, and The Subhumanoid, you see. Uh, and dire- director Eric Lausil, which he uh, was the co-director of the second one. Um, I'm going to read the summary of it here. Third installment in the Class of Nukem High series takes us takes up where Part Two left off. A giant mutant squirrel has destroyed the Tromaville power plant, and Roger Smith has saved the day. This one begins as Roger's twin sons. Uh, Adlai and Dick are born. Dick is stolen at the hospital, and Roger only knows that his son, his one son, 
Adlai, I what a weird name, exists. Dick is raised by thugs and is taught to be evil, while Adlai is taught to be good and peaceful. The evil Dr. Slag, Ph.D., uses Dick to frame Adlai and turn the people against him and then turn Tromaville into a toxic wasteland. It is up to Adlai to foil the fiendish plot and save Tromaville from destruction. And although that sounds nothing like part two or part one, there's so many scenes explaining what happened in part two uh, that um, that it's like ha- almost half the movie. Uh, it, it feels like almost half the movie is dedicated to talking about part two. So that's why I wonder if they just the budget wasn't there. So kind of like in Silent Night, Deadly Night part two, they just reused a whole bunch of they just repurposed scenes from the previous movie. Well, they do that here, and oh, man. Even if all of that stuff would have been taken out and the movie would have ended up being 45 minutes to an hour long, it was not good. Uh, which is unfortunate, because it, you had the blueprint for for from the first one and even the, the, the quite enjoyable second one. Just do more of that. It uh, This is not high science here. This is trauma. Uh, but somehow this movie, they dropped the ball on this one. And this was a chore to get through. And even though they're repurposing stuff from the second movie, their runtime is 102 minutes long. And it's like, what? Why? This this movie should be 80 minutes long, if that. Uh, but anyway, it's not. And it goes on and on and on. And it's... Uh, I read the synopsis, but I got to tell you, I don't remember almost anything about this movie. And I watched the movie shortly after Nukem High Part 2, um, with like I said, within the last five years, more more or less. And I can't remember anything other than the fact that I'm like, this is all scenes from Part 2, and a really lousy voiceover explaining stuff, and now more not interesting stuff is happening, and who cares? Let's go. So, meh, whatever. That's Nukem High Part 3. Will I watch this movie again? Nah, probably not. Um, uh, at least until it comes out on Blu-ray, then of course I will. Uh, so anyway, that's enough of of the original Nukem Highs. Now on to Return to Nukem High, Volume One, directed by Lloyd Kaufman, a movie that my uh, co-host Eric Marner over on Movie Freaks and I actually went up to the Cedar Lee Theater up in Cleveland for a screening of Return to Nukem High. And to meet Lloyd, and uh, there were several actors there that, uh, uh, let's see, who was there? Catherine Corcoran was there, and Clay Vaughn Charlowitz, who plays Eugene the Machine McCormick. Yeah, that's, that's, that's my name. And they, I met these people, and Lloyd made a big deal about the fact that Eugene is the guy's, is the hero's name of the movie, and so I got pictures and it was hilarious and it was a blast one of the highlights of uh of my year this year actually which is saying something um okay i got the blu-ray here return to nukem high um i gotta tell you the cover is fantastic to this movie and it's i what i love about it is the fact that it's original artwork it's not it's not um uh it's not Photoshop type stuff. This is like someone's art that someone drew this and it's great. It's like something straight out of a comic book. I think it's great. Um, okay, back of the movie here. Prepare yourself for the all new, hilarious, and horrific troll masterpiece. 
from director Lloyd Kaufman, creator of The Toxic Avenger, Poultry Geist, and Tromeo and Juliet. Welcome back to Tromaville, New Jersey, where the nuclear power plant has now been bulldozed to make way for an organic food company. But when the company's contaminated product is sold to the nearby high school lunch program, will the biggest nerds in the student body be transformed into goo-spewing punk mutants? Prepare yourself for this hilarious, horrific assault of fat guys, new new girls, toxic tacos, teen lesbians, school shootings, rogue uh, bloggers, marauding cretins, gratuitous nudity, duck dancing, and so much more in this all-new Tromasterpiece. So, yeah, there you go. That's the... That's the rundown. 85-minute running time. And this movie, uh, I want to say, let me just look at the trivia here. Um, There we go. That's what I thought so. Uh, So this movie is actually, was actually split up into two movies. Lloyd split up into two movies. And the idea came from none none other than Quentin Tarantino. He likes the idea of having two volumes. And it made sense because there was a huge amount of footage and the movie would be over three hours long if it wasn't split into two parts. And so, and for that, I think that that was a great idea. Um, because too much of trauma is, it's too much of a somewhat mediocre thing. And uh, so three hours sitting through this would have been rough. But 85 minutes, on the other hand, not so bad. Uh, especially when you're half drunk or drunk in a theater with director in the auditorium, it makes for a really good time. So, uh, and that theater is really cool, by the way, up at the, the Cedar Lee, the, the art house type movie. Um, so, um, this movie actually played at, at Cannes in France. And I think that's kind of funny that this movie of all movies was played there. Um, First public screening of the film took place at Troma's own Troma Dance Film Festival, and I think that's so brilliant that Troma actually has a film festival in uh, Asbury Park, New Jersey, and um, the the movie was fil- was sh- uh, shown there for free. I think that's really cool. Uh, at the time this movie entered into pre-production, another Troma Newcomb High movie was in development in Spain, Class of Newcomb High Part Four. The Spanish project was canceled to not enter in conflict with Return to Newcomb High Volume 1, and the Spanish company went on to produce another sequel for another underground saga uh, movie called The Corpse Grinders, Part 3. Haven't seen Parts 1 and 2, but uh, with a title like that, that just sounds uh, like it should be oozing onto Soft Underbelly podcasting, so I should maybe uh, consider checking that one out. Um... Okay, here. Majority of the film was filmed in the closed-down Niagara Falls High School in Niagara Falls, New York. And the steps of the on the grand staircase in front of the school were broken down, and the actors had to watch their steps while they acted on the steps to stay away from injuries. Um, I, this Blu-ray, uh, Trump is so good at packing their movies with special features and the making of the movie. Some of the actual making ofs are every bit as long as the movie themselves. And they are, they are so interesting. Even if you have nothing of interest for trauma, watching uh, trauma behind the scenes and the making of their movies is, I think that that is filmmaking 101 for, for any budding filmmaker. You really should watch those. Uh, I highly recommend them. Poultry Geist and Tromeo and Juliet Terror Firmer, uh, Citizen Toxie, which is Toxic Avenger Part 4, they have pretty much almost feature-length running time making-ofs on them, and 
the things that have to be done in order for a low, low, low budget movie to get made is absolutely incredible, uh, especially Poultry Geist. I remember watching that one, and I'm like, regardless of what you think of Troma, regardless of what you think of of the way they do things, like in the, their the style, their style of gross out humor. Seriously, their making ofs are fantastic because they don't sugarcoat anything. Um, they paint. I mean, people are painted in a bad light. It is. It is what it is. It's not sugarcoated in any way. I think that's great. I love that. Um, so, and I look forward to when uh, Return to Newcomb High Part Two comes out. I'm really hoping that they have a really big making of thing on that because this one here does not, which is unfortunate uh, having having watched Poultry Geist making of just recently. Uh, I'm like, come on, you, this thing should be loaded with with uh, behind-the-scenes stuff. But I think I'm hoping that uh, in another year, whenever uh, Return of Newcomb High 2 comes out, that that is included on that Blu-ray. Because, um, that, again, that's reason enough to, to get... The uh, that's reason enough to get the movie to own. So anyway, um, the movie itself, I I'm not gonna lie to you. I had more than uh, more than several uh, whiskey on the rocks at the little pub next door with my co-host, and so honestly, I remember singing and I remember a, a goose and I remember lesbian stuff and um, the end got kind of gory and the middle was really boring. I think. Um, but I want to rewatch the movie. Uh, I was pretty jazzed up before we got there that this is going to be awesome. Uh, jettisoning, jettisoning parts two and three and getting back to what made the original class of Newcomb High so good. And I remember being somewhat let down, but still, you know, there's still some stuff in there that is great and some really funny stuff as as only trauma can do. They of course do the the legendary car flip that was in Newcomb High and Toxic Avenger and Citizen Toxie and Poultrygeist and all of their it seems like almost all of their in-house productions. It was in this too. And this movie was shot in in high def and then that scene comes on and it's like what? And I actually as at the Q&A after the movie, I actually asked Lloyd uh, if that scene has been in all of their all of their movies, and he made some comment like, "What are you talking about? It was it was shot just for this movie." Which he's the Q and A at at the screen that we were at was ridiculous. It was all joking, and there was n- almost nothing at all remotely serious about the proceedings. So, whatever. I actually was hoping to get a good answer, though. I was hoping that he would say, "Oh no, we shot that for Toxic Avenger, whatever movie they shot that for," and. We just like to repurpose it as our little way of being funny, but no, he he uh, he played it down as what are you talking about? So anyway, um, yeah. So the movie is good. I for what it is, it's not great, but it was enjoyable. It doesn't overstay its welcome like the third one did. It's it moves along pretty good, and I who knows? I might think the movie is fantastic upon rewatching, but for right now, you know. It was good in the theater because of the experience. We'll see how it plays when uh, upon rewatching. So, and that does it for the entire Newcomb High series. But rest assured, Newcomb High Volume Two is probably coming in 2015 at some point. I sure hope it does. Uh, especially if they broke the movie up into two parts. I'm actually a bit surprised that it's taking this long to come out. Although uh trauma well Lloyd Kaufman and and a few of his cast really were 
touring around with this movie. I, I liked them on Facebook, and so I would see the different places that they would go. And they, they still, it seems like they're still get, having screenings for this movie. So, and that's cool. Um, but get back to Troma Studios in New York and g- get on with it. Let's let's get Return to Nukemai Part 2 out. I'd like to see it. And um, rest assured, if this movie comes up to Cedar Lee Part 2, I'm going to do my best to drag my co-host, Mr. Eric Marner, uh, right back up to Cedar Lee for another screening and another fun-filled evening with Lloyd and the gang. Uh, so, anyway, that's going to do it for this episode of uh, Soft Underbelly focusing on trauma movies. Again, I actually was... I had another non-trauma-produced movie that I was going to talk about that trauma released because um, I had mentioned that I was going to do that, uh, that I went to throw a couple gems in from their line of movies, uh, but I'm out of time. And so it's one of those where maybe once I hit on a couple more trauma movies, I, I want to squeeze this one in. Uh, and I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. i tell you the title. The title is called Combat Shock. And I really want to talk about this movie at some point or another. And if it ter- because it's a trauma movie, if it turns out that I simply can't do that, uh, that this doesn't work out for the trauma episodes, I am going to talk about this at some point because uh, this movie so fits the mold of cinema's soft underbelly to a T, trust me. And I'll get into that later. Uh, so anyway, that's going to do it for me today. Uh, I've got a couple more episodes left before the new year, but I my goal is to hit 50 episodes before... Uh, before New Year's. So that's my goal. We'll see if I can get there. A lot of other stuff going on, but I'm going to try my hardest. So you can get a hold of me at eugene-weaver at hotmail.com with anything that you would want to uh, chat my way or movies that you want me to see or avoid or all that good stuff. You know the drill. You've seen, if you've been listening to my show, you know what I'm going to say. Movie Freaks, check us out over on YouTube. Soon to be coming to iTunes. We just had a great... uh, a great taping session this past Friday night that's going to be coming uh, soon to Facebook and YouTube. And of course, our friends over at Cinema's Sidekicks. Uh, they always have good stuff to share with the world, so it's always good to listen to them, and I appreciate what they're doing. Uh, but that is going to do it for me today. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, I'm Eugene Weaver. Thanks. <laughs>